Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro. And man, I am so excited about this episode because I have three creators on that were on about five months ago, if you're a regular listener of the, pod, listener of the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, first arc of uh, their comic book series a lot. So uh, let me mm. introduce, I have Ethan Parker, Griffin Sheridan, and Bob Quinn, uh, the creative team, um, along with letter and designer, uh, uh, John uh, J. Hill. Um, mm -hmm. But th the three of them are the creative team behind Kill Your Darlings, which yeah. has just totally captivated my imagination. I absolutely love it. Oh, it's excellent. out from Image Comics. And mm -hmm. um, as we record this, in uh, January, issue five is going to be out on January 17th. So by the time you're listening this, um, you can pick up issues one through five. This is going to drop right before issue six comes out, which I think is slated for St. Valentine's Day, uh, February 14th. Um, is it really? Wow, I didn't even mm -hmm. know. Uh, yeah, six, six is out on Valentine's Day. Seven is out on my birthday. Uh, and I think it's going to be pretty damn close to your birthday when issue eight drops. Either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just a, a, a fair warning here, and I'll put something in the show notes as well that we are going to talk a lot about issues one through four. And this is something that I yes. haven't really done before because a lot of times folks come on the podcast. And if you've listened before, you know that they're going to promote their work or they're talking a little bit about it. They want you to go out and buy it and check it out or get it from your library, however you get your your comic books or graphic novels. But I. um have just really loved this. And uh, Griffin reached out to me and I was excited to have everybody back to really kind of dive in and talk about issues one through four of, of, uh, of Kill Your Darling. So if you've not read them yet and you do not want to be spoiled, go get them and then <laughs> like hit pause uh, mm -hmm. and go get them, read them and then come back. And we're really going to hopefully dive in and talk to about like some of the choices, some of the influences, um, some of Bob's work, which is just absolutely incredible. The design of, uh, of this world. I <laughs> absolutely love it. Um, uh, uh, listeners, you can't see what's going on, but I think Bob is dabbing. I think that's what I have. A, I have a, my favorite t-shirt, which is a skeleton dabbing. And I just realized I was wearing it. And I was like, what a perfect opportunity mm -hmm. to act like a complete mm -hmm. jackass on this show. <laughs> But that's fine. We allow that. Um, mm -hmm. So without further ado, uh, Ethan, Griffin, and um, Bob, thanks for coming back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having yes. us. Yes. What a, what, a, what a welcome. What an really intro. Was. I mean, yeah, Jimmy, we are just as excited to be back here. The first time when we were doing like that first round of press, that was all like right before the final order cutoff of issue one, mm -hmm. which was still even a month before issue one even came out. And so there, everything had to be talked in such vague uh, terms. And uh, we were and terrified. That was one of the most <laughs> yeah. mentally intense periods <laughs> of my entire life. Uh, yeah. And so I'm happy to be back here in a better mental state. <laughs> Yeah, and we can like actually talk about the book instead of just yeah. being like, yeah, it um no one's going to expect the ending. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I hope anyone <laughs> reads it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um and so so yeah, so um and like we said, if you're listening to this, issue 5 will already be out. Uh 6 is coming out February 14th and then 7 and 8 will be out uh, March and April, right? Um Mhm. Mm 
So uh, pre-order but, now. Get it yeah. on your pull list. Uh, let me let me start it, and I'll I'll talk a little my, my piece about it. And you know, yeah. I know that I had seen issue one, and we talked around some of the things. And I, I first and foremost is I tend to be, um, very much into story. And I, I've I've said this on the podcast before that I really have to stop myself from like because I'm a fast reader, and like mm-hmm. re- even reading books as a kid, I would fly through stuff. So I still have a tendency to do that with comics. So I really have to stop myself and focus on like the artwork and the visual storytelling. Like I find myself still sometimes just breezing mm-hmm. through the words and then, Oh, I got to go back and actually look at what's going on on the page. <laughs> um, this kill your darlings though, Bob, I just love your work. Oh. I absolutely love it. I mean, there is just, there's such a mix of kind of whimsy and menace in these pages that I think is just some, it's just fascinating to me. The, the design of the characters, the action sequences, how you kind of go between the two, sometimes in the same panel. Um, It's, it's some of the most dynamic, bright, fun, but like I said, menacing artwork um, on the stands right now. And I just can't get enough of it. I I cannot tell you how much that means to me. I I really 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 appreciate it. The, um, this book has been an absolute labor of love. Uh, Griffin and Ethan gave me so much great stuff to work with. Uh, I, and I I just couldn't be happier with the with the final output. Uh, I've said it before, and I will continue to say it. This is the best work of my career. Uh, I've never been happier with anything I've ever made. In ever. <laughs> <laughs> same. <laughs> how lucky for you <laughs> um so for for listeners who might have read but you know just to catch them up so uh, essentially with the, the story of kill your darlings and i guess mm-hmm. issues one two and three kind of had a, a, a bit of a cold open that's set in the past um mm-hmm. which the, the 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 character i think that is now known as like the the woman who wouldn't burn um, and we're in the but 1692 and then it's eight years later, I think in 1700. And then there's a jump to, I think 1840, um, you know, and we're kind of seeing a little bit how those elements are kind of woven into the greater story issue four. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, where will we be now? And I found it very interesting that you started issue four with basically not so much as a cold open, but kind of like a flashback, um, to, you know, uh, uh, our main characters kind of like passed with mm-hmm. her mother. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I, I, like so many things I want to talk about, but I just, well, I'll start there since I got <laughs> Go there. I'll start there. What, what, why the choice there um, to deviate from what you'd done so far with issues one, two, and three and how, ha- and, and do a cold open kind of, um, or do the opening of it a little different and kind of focus it in on um, uh, Rose. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we, we had established really heavily a pattern with the first few uh, it, people, people have responded to the first three issues as if they're pretty disorienting uh, and they are in some ways, but we also do very clearly give you like a template where it's like you get your first scene with this mysterious other character in the past and, and you're getting clues about what's going on there. And then you join Rose in her, you know, journey into her own fantasy and everything. 
Uh, and we were really excited for the moment to get to sort of start to pull the rug out from under people as soon as possible. And that very much becomes like, you know, part of our uh, MO, you know, leading into the next several issues and the rest of the series is big rug pulls. Um, and four, as you're hitting that midpoint where everything starts to fall apart and go wrong, but also everything starts to converge and come together. Uh, it, it felt very right to break the format and start really like giving surprises uh, and uh, subverting expectations. Cause the issue is, you know, about uh, finding out more about Rose's past than you ever knew, but, uh, and, and more than she was, you know, willing to sort of acknowledge. Uh, but then right there at the end, the girl who wouldn't burn shows up in the issue finally uh, unexpectedly in the present day. And so it's like, you know, we're like, we're really trying to keep you on your toes that whole time of like, oh, she's not in this one. And then you get to the end, and you're like, oh my fucking God, she's in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, was wondering if, yeah. if that was part of it. Like, oh, we, yeah. we're not going to start it here because yeah. we're, we're going to get there by the end yeah. of, of, yeah. of issue four. The idea of the rug being pulled out from, from under you. And uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm kind of of a mind where I kind of, uh, I, I, I like that. You know, I yeah. like to, I like, to not know where it's going. Um, Agreed, yeah. I have a friend who uh, does a it teaches a class about movies and particularly bad movies, and <laughs> talks a lot about how because he has written scripts before and because he studies film and has studied film in college and teaches it um, at a college, he can kind of see like what the story beats are for a yeah. lot of things, and it's yeah. very rare that something surprises him. Yeah. And I, I thought of that same thing. And um, Kill Your Darlings is one that has surprised me at every turn. Um, in, in particular, just when I think sometimes I know where it's going, and especially to, to go back to the first issue, um, when you have like this cute, fun fantasy world that Rose goes into, like when she's not home, she's in her kingdom and playing with her stuffed animals, and it's all very fun. And... Um, but when when there's that scene of they're like massacred and it's like it's not just stuffing like in the world that she's in, like it is blood and and guts yeah. like that is upsetting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know why Bob did it. We didn't. Yeah, have it was him. Terrible. Help. yeah I was just like, guys, I've got a whole idea for this. Section. <laughs> had it with these teddy bears. We tried to stop him. Uh, uh, no, yeah, no, uh, for sure. It's, it's and it it's, leads it's to the, you know, the great. And and terrible evil, and then it just yeah. it just turns again where the house is on fire. It's just like one thing after another. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, as it, I had no idea what to expect from from issue two, and then we again get a cold open. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 eight years later, a again yeah. a lovely scene, just some ladies out in the woods having a nice time, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then <laughs> some men kill them. And then those men are then killed by trees in yeah. a very gruesome way. I mean, yeah. Bob, what's what's wrong with you? You said yeah. in that podcast five months ago, you weren't a horror guy. Why did you, <laughs> why did you do that? You're a liar, Bob. Some of those girls. They've changed me. <laughs> <laughs> we got our fingers in, Bob. Yeah. Manipulated him there, around. There's a there's a bit of imagery in one of the upcoming issues, and that's what they did to my brain. Oh. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that is that Stegman cover out yet? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. There's a Stegman yeah, variant where you can see in real time what we've done to Bob's brain. Oh no! Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but that that I, there is there's something though about you know I think of uh, 
I read a fair number of, of, of horror comics. Um, and there's something about horror that is set in like a bright world yeah. that I find so much worse. I mean, yeah, something mm-hmm. like something is killing the children. I've, I think I've read every episode, every episode, every issue except the most recent one. But a yeah. lot of times the coloring in that, I think it's great. And it suits that world very, very well. Yeah. But there's a lot of darker, like muted tones in it. You know, it's it's set at night a lot and works for that comic beautifully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is just something about a man being torn apart in bright freaking daylight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think right. the scene the the scenes even described in the script for issue two is described as being like very serene it's yeah. like a wonderful like yeah. setting uh it's yeah. kind of the opposite of where we open with issue one where it's like the dead of night and the full moon is there and there's like smoke billowing and everything and now it's just like what if it was like a beautiful autumn day in the woods and <laughs> like someone was just had a had a like a little nice cabin and everything mm-hmm. We love but, uh, we love contrast, like, you know. Like it's it's like you, yeah, you could, you could you could go like it's it's usually not the obvious route to 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 make sure there's a lot of contrast in the scene, and but it ends up being like you know butter and jelly. You end up one one side of something always ends up heightening the other side of something, or at least usually. There's there's also something to what well, like exactly what you're saying jimmy where it's like horror scenes that take place in the middle of the day because like the day is there and the light yeah. is there and it's supposed to feel safer you feel like there's supposed to be more people around during yeah, the day yeah, so yeah. when something that terrible happens in the middle of the day it feels like it is even more of a violation of everyone's safety uh and we've talked a lot about some of the like touchstones for the book Esther's hereditary being one of them but also his follow-up to that movie, Midsummer, is yeah. I think a perfect example of Definitely. part of why that movie works so much is like the delirious sort of quality of all these terrible things happening during daylight. Uh there's there's definitely like a little bit of Halloween happening in that first issue with like the mm-hmm. kid on the front lawn and everything. I was gonna say two Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because like the the start of that movie mm-hmm. is like in that bright daylight, and it's like, oh, we're hanging out, man, we're having this great time. And then like like stuff so starkly will happen in such a well-lit yeah. scene. And yeah, like, yeah, there's really something yeah. to it. Or it's just like there's nowhere for anybody to hide. There's just things happening. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so then issue two, as issue two goes on. And Mm -hmm. we meet up again with Rose, who is now at like the I think it's called the Anderson Center. But she's now after what happened with her mother and the house burning down. And in one, we find her in the Anderson Center. Um, And uh, one of the things I really loved is the coloring in this, like that kind of green throughout while she's in the Anderson Center. It's Um, it's it's very different than (laughs) I think a lot of issue one was colored. And I really like that. And that kind of goes into then a. the the scene with the uh, where the the sprinklers go off which <laughs> i think drawing rain in a inside has to be a difficult <laughs> task to look at make it look like so effective bob uh yeah i spent a lot of time actually uh googling what happens with Actually, i was able to find some images of what sprinklers look like when they go off inside buildings and then it becomes a lot about the way the light plays off of the actual droplets, which is what I was trying to capture. I think I did an okay job of it. Um, I, I, you know, if I, if you gave me another chance, I'd probably do it better. But um, I didn't know you did. You had to research that. That's awesome. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't do what you think it's gonna do. Yeah. Um, 
uh, it, it has because like there's a lot more. I, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it. great. It was more complex than I thought it was. <laughs> if I, I could, I would set every scene in the range. <laughs> I'd be okay with that, actually. Yeah, that would be sweet. <laughs> yeah, um, you can blur out the background. Oh yeah, yeah that, I mean that's what I did. That's what I did. <laughs> on the whole it was beautiful. We're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things I wanted to ask because we 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 get we are reintroduced to Elliot as well. Yeah. Uh, Rose's friend who's still, you know, he he's visiting her once a plan, like a breakout. And it seemed like that's where, where things were headed. And then again, another surprise, uh, <laughs> Wallace, who is an Ella pig shows Ella, up right? Right. from, from Rose's fantasy world shows up. And I, again, did not know what to expect here. If this <laughs> is like a, um, I was trying to think of other things that it reminded me of, but didn't know if this was going to be like, oh, well, this is part of Rose's psychosis. Um, yeah. There were a lot of inset panels of medicine, which yeah, I thought were yeah. really, really well done. So I'm like, is this like a medication yeah. issue? Is this now again? Like, what is this what happened with the fire that it's a mix of this fantasy right. world that she's getting lost in and she's doing all this. And then lo and behold, Elliot shows up and he can see Wallace. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, ah, yeah. well, fuck me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. Yes. And uh, yeah, uh, certain there's certain comic books that I read that I really, really want um them I really want to like them to make an action figure so I can like put oh, it up yeah. in my, my office. Yeah. My law office. So people come by, they're like, what's that little guy? But uh um Wallace I, I is joining the the pantheon yeah, of I, I just want <laughs> I want a little Australian Ella pig yeah. with that. Holding his bow and arrow with like the, a plushie is the dream, like a squishmallow mm-hmm. of Wallace. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, definitely. Yeah, he's so cuddly, uh, but also so so violent sometimes. You know, so, he's well, firing you know, rocks he, into people's faces. He's an he's a, he's he's an but not a murderer. He's a protector. He's a he's a righteous warrior. He does what he has yes. to do. I, I yes. that was something that we were gonna play around with for longer. Was this thing of like is what's happening in her head or not. And and I've seen some people comment about that, about being like, oh, I thought that might be more of a question for longer. And I think there were versions of the story where you you were supposed to question that for longer. But it just like, that, there's so much we're trying to do in this and, that, and it, that wasn't one of the most important elements. And so it was fun for a moment to have her be like, it, it, like, am I, am I losing it? Like what's going on? But like, yeah, in, in the interest of just keeping, you know, keeping everything fresh and like and everything like that was a question that we felt fine just throwing out of the way of just having like because it is it's even more interesting, I think, to have the answer be like, oh, Elliot's like, oh, that's a fucking yeah. that's an elephant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, like, because, yeah, it's like I think it's a more interesting question rather than like, is she crazy? The question then becomes like, OK, well, then what does that mean? what is happening now yeah (laughs) yeah and how many times have we done like uh oh like we have to do the whole thing of like um am i seeing what i'm seeing yeah i just want to fucking skip skip it rolling man like too many times like i don't know i feel like like that's become a real thing for us is like yeah we we hit a like a wall of something like that where we're like and this is the part of the story where this happens and then we're just like skip (laughs) like yeah (laughs) i mean yeah I would think that writing something like this, that has to be the the fun of it. And not just because the yeah. interactions went Elliot and and Wallace, especially the two of them together, really <laughs> inject some like humor yeah. into it where I think it's like it's mm-hmm. it's needed. Not yeah. that 
every horror book also has to have like a humor element. Like I, I like that, you know, like evil dead Two, army of darkness, which gets into camp, which I don't think Mm -hmm. this kill your darlings is at all, but some of those elements I think work really well. Um, but if you don't have any peaks, you can't have any valleys, right? So it's like yeah, there's big, no exactly. Um, but I, the the I would think that some of the fun of writing it would be to take like that type of trope, like oh, okay, here's is th- is this person mentally ill? Is this happening in their head? Yeah. And like they struggle with it. Like you have like maybe two or three pages of um her and Elliot where yeah. you establish their relationship is still going on. Yeah. They are still playing the card game. They're yeah. They're still doing those types of things. He's talking. There's a real friendship there. Like you yeah. really quickly in the the writing as well as the visuals say that these guys are still friends. They still care about each other. Here's what's yeah. happened since. Like it's a real great way to catch the reader up on what has been happening in the eight years without right. doing like a big narrative exposition dump. And right. then yeah. you're like, yeah, I see that. I see that that little Australian pig too. Yeah. Yeah, and then it yeah. and, and then it, it goes off from there, and then again they end up in, um, you know, Rose's fantasy world. Yeah, like mm-hmm. again, like very quickly. Like yeah. it isn't, it isn't like we have to go on some long search or do some <laughs> right. magical thing. It's like here we're going to yeah. go in here. Here it is. Let's go. Let's get mm-hmm. like right at it. Um, totally. you just yeah. like the the storytelling and the writing is very everything's heads on. I feel like. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, very, that's one of the most challenging parts, I, I think. Like, like especially doing something like this, where it's like we are trying to make a bit of a, a like a sprawling kind of saga with it that spans a lot of time and um, and like a lot of periods of like different characters' lives, and like the I, it ends up being one of the biggest challenges is like figuring out what are the parts that should should have the focus. Like, where does the meat go to? Um, and what, what is really not that important? Like the, even sometimes like you'll have a scene or a sequence or something that sounds fun or sounds interesting, but it's like, is that like what the point of this is though? Or is that where the focus should be? Because you're always, it's always page count. It's always like, <laughs> it's always like where, you know, like doing things as efficiently as possible. Um, and we set a very specific limit for ourselves. It's like, it's eight issues They're you know, they're basic, they're 20 ish pages. I know, I know, Bob. They're not all twenty pages. <laughs> <laughs> They're twenty oh, pages. <laughs> yeah. and, and so it's all about just that, yeah, that inventory, just like moving around. Uh, yeah, and yeah. we pretty much said from the jump that's going to be twenty-one pages of art right. Right. Uh, uh, for each issue, issues one and eight, withstanding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we we said, no, we want, even though like we're an independent book, we could hypothetically go as yeah. long as we wanted slash as long as Bob would permit us to go <laughs> slash how, how long could we go before we started spending more money on printing the damn thing than than we would make. So we were yeah. very determined it's going to be an average issues length, especially because Ethan and I are new to this. We want to kind of get used to that yeah. specific shape. Uh, but but then also in doing the cold opens, we kind of trimmed down the actual yeah. like usable space to like 16, 17 pages. Uh, not that the, like the cold opens are very, very important to the story, but also in terms of like the, the sort of thrust that gets us to the next issue, that's all in the rose part of it, which is now not 20 pages. It is now... 18 pages or 17 pages, however long the opening is. And so 
the story has always had to be the most efficient version yeah. of the story that we could possibly make. And so the book's called Kill Your Darlings. We had to kill many, many darlings, <laughs> but I think it is it is for the best because now we have this book that just kind of doesn't doesn't quit. It doesn't yeah. slow down. Totally. All killer, no filler. Uh, it really yeah, is. And I really, I really love the 20, the 20 page format. Like I, I really think it's, especially when you're like approaching it the way that we are, where like, you don't want to go, you don't typically want to do more than six panel pages. You could do a seven if you have to, but like keeping them kind of big, keeping it, keeping pages fairly immersive and having room to breathe and everything. Like, I think a 20 page issue, like is like, that is a really great way to make sure that your story keeps moving and that's props that i really want to give to griffin as well is because like griffin will griffin skeletons out every issue before i get in there and like i do dialogue <laughs> and character beat stuff and everything and like griffin is really good at allocating space to things and like and like figuring out the pacing of things uh, like he's had to do some real puzzle work with that of like how to make an issue work that has an insane amount of story in it and an insane amount of things we're trying to accomplish um and uh yeah like i always i'm always very confident in our approach when like i see that skeleton for the first time i'm like okay yeah no this this might all fit this might all work well thanks um, i mean yeah the uh the like economy of space uh you know yeah. is and the pacing of this um so after the anderson center and wallace and elliot we're at issue three jump to 1887 yep. for the cold open which yep. is the grossest one yet um <laughs> it's just yeah. terrible yeah, um, I, the one of the things I, I, I do want to say, uh, I I always find it I, I, I struggle a little bit with sound effects with like, <laughs> what does this sound like? Mm-hmm. The, I'm, I'm sorry. There's in the, the second page of the cold open of issue three. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming I'm guessing like John J. Hill does the sound effects letters, you know, lettering too. Um, yeah. I don't know. But uh, squelch gish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when I saw what yeah. the squelch gish was, I was like, "Yeah, squelch gish." That, that's <laughs> How could I not have thought of that? Yeah, no, we were, gish. Perfect. Makes I, was sense. Really, I was really happy with those. Yeah, totally. I, that's they're pretty disgusting. They really get the yeah. so good, <laughs> so good, and it looks so good on the page. Yeah. Um, that I I really like. <laughs> Another thing I want to shout out in issue three, Put it they have to shirt. go to Mammoth Video to to go to Rose's World, but um, mm-hmm. this. There's a, a five panel page. Wallace is doing his business in the background and, yes. and yeah. Elliot and Rose are talking. So, you know, yeah. like a talking head kind of scene. Elliot, yeah. though, what he's or what, what Wallace is doing in the background kind of keeps it moving. But yeah. also when Rose realizes that they kind of tore down the neighborhood and this is what they built. And she says a line about, you know, her house was right over there. El- I, I don't usually like to like read from the comic, but yeah. Elliot says, yeah, now you can get two new releases for $8 on Friday. <laughs> I mean, I lost it. I just, I don't know why yeah, that excellent. line hit me so hard because yeah, she's just realizing one. what she's missed out on and what has happened for the past eight yeah, years. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like called, I loved that pitch because it felt like a callback to one of my favorite lines from uh, Gross Point Blank, mm. where he goes oh, back and he nice. finds out his home, his home is a convenience store and he goes, you can never go home again, Oatman, but I guess you can <laughs> shop there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. When I saw that letter, I'm like, oh, this is like my favorite joke. That's so, yeah. yeah I so love that page is that page is one of my favorite in the whole series. So good. Like, like yeah, the, yep. the 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 Wallace in it. Uh, it's it's all so fucking. 
Yeah. I yeah. it's it's great because we're kind of moving into actually some of the most fun we've had in the book pretty much since like the very beginning of issue yeah. one with Rose and, and all of her friends. And so we're yeah. moving into a more cheerful section of the series yeah. of the issue. And Wallace, like Elliot cracking the joke and Wallace throwing the brick through the window is kind of like while Rose is like really sad about this and we've just come off a terrible opening. We've just come off like a really upsetting issue two. So now yeah. is kind of the moment where it's like, are we going to be sad again for this issue? And it's just like, no, fucking break through the window. Let's fucking go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. This one's a fun one. Let's go. Yeah. And then um, I'm curious in terms of like, there's that, the the two pages where they kind of break into the world. So yeah. like, I know this is an audio medium so sorry <laughs> listeners but if you're listening this far in and, and you've 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 read it you'll you'll remember what i'm talking about so the left side is kind of like a mirror image with the sound effect going through and the right side is them against yeah. the door and it kind of like goes i guess i follow it like clockwise and it's all yeah. different colors um mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I i'm very curious as to how that was scripted and how that that page kind of developed because look we're breaking into what's the what are we doing here we're going from the real world into this fantasy world. Let's just say that that can be done and shown Hmm. a million different ways. Hmm. How did you settle on like this design for it? Cause it, it just, it looks great. It looks different. I love the colors of it, especially when you find out kind of what's been happening in the fantasy world. So how was that like scripted? What went into that? And Bob, what was kind of, your thoughts. This is one of the only visual ideas I had for the entire book. <laughs> well, I, we, I really, yeah, we, I, yeah. Cause like there's like the, the actual concept of like turning around the double page spread. I was like, that would be cool. And like, I did like a shitty little sketch of it. Uh, Griffin, like typically like, will like come up with visuals for the script and then Bob will like execute them. That was something that I was like, is this anything? And then we got on a call and Bob like did his version of it. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, that's like, yeah, that's like what it would look like if it was good, and then and and then taking it to the extent where he like yeah went in with all the colors and shit. That's yeah, that's all. Yeah, wow. I, don't, I don't know where all of that came. We had the meeting, and that was where we like we spent forever trying to figure out what the fuck like the portal looks like, and we ended up on the door after a lot of back and forth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but mostly like Ethan and I could not decide what we wanted this portal yes. to be. Uh, and then, yeah, Ethan had some some sort of idea about like using the lines on the page. And then we had just talked it through enough with Bob that when it came time to like this was before we gave him the script before we'd really written. it. And yeah. then when it came time to write the description for that splash, I was like, yeah, I know Bob's on the same page. So the splash is just described as like Rose, Elliot and Wallace cross through time and space and dimensions into Rosewood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I still have the Bob I still took, have yeah. the original sketch that I did lying yeah. around somewhere of that page, and I, I, yeah. yeah, we we just kind of did. I, th- I think did I just do that sketch on the call with you guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it would look like this. Yeah, there's a <laughs> yeah, but even that... so, like you had the idea done on the call, and we were like, yeah, all right, cool. And then when it came in, it was all of like the colors and the background. Yeah. Like none of that had really been discussed at all. And like yeah. the shape, the distortion, the real f- like flow of it was still vague. And then and when the, the page came in, it was like, oh, fucking A. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah because totally. then it became like, you know, dr- drawing a bunch of like, you know, almost like going through the door itself was like a struggle because it was like, you know, there's so many different frames of them because it. 
each one, like if you were to animate it, like it is actually a sort of a frame by frame of them. Pushing right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, so uh, there's such yeah. a like energy to the page, you know, because again, in terms of the pacing, we've, we've, we had ended the last issue with, with kind of like the breakout and meeting Wallace and all of that. We, we had the gross cold open in, uh, what was it? Paris, like yeah. 1887. And then, you know, we get into when we've had a couple of pages of, them driving and them talking and they get to the door or the portal. And then you just have, there's just such energy in terms of like the way they're bracing themselves, the way the light changes, right, the way totally. that it looks like something's being pushed out at the same time they're trying to go yeah. in and it kind yeah. of like goes through and wraps around. And then, you know, with that mirror image on the left side that they've now come through it, like it just, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, or you could like turn it around follow as they go it, it just has a such great like energy to it it feels like all right we had a moment to breathe we had a little bit of fun and now we've we're, now we're we're getting like going again yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. i just loved it there is like such a feeling of importance to it i love the way that when they're pushing it open it's like yeah it's like they're put they're like there's a force acting against them it's like something's blowing back at them that's such a mm-hmm. cool touch you're pretty good bob thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> i know all right let's take a quick break what in the sam hill is happening right now what is that you like bards oh you like band of bards it's not my fault you mumble that makes sense They're dropping some great new series right now. There's that one about a heavy metal guitarist in the 1970s with monsters, working class wizards. You know how we love monsters around here. And my friend Dakota Brown, he's working on a project, uh, Grandma Tilly's Hell Tech Mech with Lane Lloyd. I saw the preview for that. That is crazy. Jimmy even contributed to their anthology from the static and had Matt Sumo on the podcast to talk about his project, The Bardic Verses, which... Makes a lot of sense that the project landed there. Yeah, where you are, blah, blah, blah. Where can you find them? You need to get out more. They are in previews, or you can visit their website, bandabars.com, for all the latest. Can we turn the music off now? <laughs> Thank you. No more surprises, minstrels, or anything like that, or I'll rent you out to the Ren Fair as a children's ride. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. And then we get to we were in the sanctuary in, in Rosewood. We get yeah. introduced to a lot some of the characters that we might have gotten glimpses of from you know issue one, and we kind of find yes. out like what's going on. And it's very um it, it it's it, very fun. Um uh, you know, I really like again how Wallace is kind of like hemming and hawing and beating around the bush, and Rose just cuts right to the point. Like yeah. it's like like it's like you guys you like you just said in your writing, like Rose yeah. is just like what's going on? Tell me, show me. Yeah. I got to see it. Like let's just get yeah. right to it. Let's just totally. let's not have let's not have this scene where something happens and I accidentally discover something and then you have to tell me just yeah. And I, right I, I really point. I really love the way that that's sort of comes across through Wallace as well because he like we see in this issue that he's I I don't know he I don't know what you would call his official role in the sanctuary but he's like. He's like a sheriff or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, he's, it's like he kind of takes care of everybody. Like he talks about getting people medicine and like, and like he's obviously scouting and like, and like looking for refugees. And, um, and I love that he's just like, he tries to take care of everyone, including Rose, to where like when she gets there, he is, 
he's intentionally being cagey because he's worried about her. Like he's like holding back because he's trying to ease her in. He's like, Hey, look, you're back. Hey, it's your friends. And like, he doesn't want to drop on her. They're like, by the way, there's a, there's a terrifying demon thing at the center of all this. That's feeding on all of us. Like, like it's like, and, and so like the fact that she is like, tell me what's going on. It's almost like, you know, when you're, you're a kid and you say to a parent, like, you know, I know you're like keeping this like dirty there, this like dark side of something from me. Like, what is it? Um, and, and well, yeah, it's just, I, I really like the way that that reflects on their relationship. And it, that came out of us just pretty much wanting to have our cake and eat it too, because we didn't want to come through the door. And like, we know that this has the opportunity. We, we bring up wizard of Oz a lot in the book. Uh, yeah. And, and so we know this is the moment of Dorothy, like stepping out of the door. And initially it was or like, Narnia. yeah, she, or Narnia or Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> That's the thing about this book. We like using all of the, like the familiar puzzle pieces, but arranging them in such a way that it, it feels different. Um, but we were like, well, she comes through the door and then everything's fucked. And it's like, <laughs> oh no, what has happened? But then we were like, no, but that kind of sucks. That just yeah. sucks because then like the tone of the book is like we're back down. And again, yeah. we were talking about like the scene with Wallace breaking in is like we're trying to ramp up. We kind of want to go back up and come back down a little bit. So we were like, well, let's have the little tucked away town that we can, you know, have the world turned to Technicolor again. And yeah. it seems like magical. And and there's the question of. Is is everything in danger? How in danger is everything? And that lingers for just a second while we kind of catch up for a moment. And then we bring the fucking hammer down. We're like, yeah, but this is just like a little like pocket and everything else is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and again, I really like the like kind of the, the rivers of color, how everything is gray. Yeah. You get a real sense of despair and, and desolation in this world. And then, uh, you know, but but again, the way the issue ends, like, I, I would not have predicted because I thought, yeah. you know, similar to something like Wizard of Oz or, um, you know, Alice in Wonderland. We, we, we're now through the looking glass, right? We're now yeah. on the other side and we're going to find out about this world and we're going to set up the problem. And maybe we'll have something on like the last page that is going to tell us what to expect for for issue four. And yeah. as I, I'm finding with with you maniacs, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Three pages before the end, we then just have this character appear, grab Elliot, and we're once again like three pages of off to the races, like absolute <laughs> terror to the last yeah, page. Yeah, yeah. And again, it just not how anything I would have, you know, expected. Like I thought it would be right. more of like a gradual, and you're just like, give the reader a moment or two to breathe. We've had a a, a, mm. a two or three nice pages in the in the the uh, we don't slide, have time like, jimmy yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> two, two or three nice pages and spikies yeah. and then oh we find out that stuff's bad and then yeah. it's just like something has grabbed elliot and is just like dragging him through if you're world. getting comfortable you're getting bored elliot is screwed he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's tearing his own face off or yeah. something <laughs> i mean look, I, if there's if there's one compliment i can give to uh, look i'm not i'm not the world's biggest reader right uh, i'll 100 admit to that up front, I play a lot of video games like a degenerate. Okay, but <laughs> the, well, one thing the 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 best compliment that I can give to a writer is that they do not waste your time. Mm. Right, my favorite books are ones that just just fucking go. Right, yeah. and again, Ethan and Griffin, 
meet my criteria of being really great writers. They're not wasting anybody's time in this oh, book. Thanks, it ju- this book just goes, and it, yeah. it and it. If it's if it's if it takes a little thing, it's because it's probably building tension for the next time they slap you in the <laughs> face. <It's- laughs> yeah, um, and then it. and then Bob, in terms of your work with those last couple of pages, like again, the the, the movement on that page is fantastic. Yes. Like yeah. it's it helps so much with the pace, you know, in terms of Elliot being like dragged across those woods. Like it looks mm-hmm. like he is he is moving in terms mm-hmm. of like. Your line work. Um, Rose is the, like trucking after him. Yeah, yeah it so just good. it. And yeah. I, I hate things that uh, put their hands in like a character's mouth. And like, <laughs> there was one of those. And I was like, that panel rules. I want to talk about Bob. That's gross. No, that, that thing had his fingers. Like, yeah, right in his mouth. Too. Right in I've his mouth. That, I've done that on a couple of occasions where like some somebody was supposed to grab somebody's face and I'd have them stick a thumb in their mouth because I'm like. That's so gross. I get so grossed out anytime yeah. something like that. Well, you get that out of there. I'll bite that thing off, right? So I was like, well, that'll be super gross. And these are also nasty hands that came yeah. from the ground. So they are. I'm gonna make sure well, you guys, you guys would have been way more bummed out because we were originally going to have the entity crawl inside of Elliot's mouth, like completely yeah. shove its side, itself inside of his mouth, I, like yeah. put him on like a suit. Yeah, uh- <laughs> no. gross, gross. <laughs> now there's certain we mostly movies- didn't have the space for it. So yeah. that changed. Yeah. There's certain movies and TV shows that like I I've watched like a couple once that I don't think I could ever watch again. Yeah. Uh yeah. what what was like the, um the alien movie Prometheus where like uh-huh. if you yeah. ever saw Prometheus there's a scene where one of the things they find shoots like I don't know breaks the guy's arm then gets into his helmet and, like goes yeah. into his there's some gross no, stuff. Thank you. I ram my ovipositor down your throat and lay my eggs on your chest. <laughs> yeah. No, thank Anything, you. It gets more eyes with me. Anything that fucks with the eyes. Yeah, yeah I have a, I have an eyeball thing too. Yeah, Real yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Can't wait to read issues five through eight. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember now. So, we do a small eyeball thing, I think. Ooh. Oh, we do it. Yeah, we do a small Maybe one. Do we? Maybe. It's not like the worst. Mm-hmm. No, it's a mouth. It's another mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's another mouth. Get ready, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, stay tuned. I, high quality mouth content. I'm really, yeah. I'm really worried because Byron edits these episodes that he's going to do something with. Get ready, Don't Jimmy. Another it, mouth thing. So, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to be careful with this audio. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but then, so issue four. We already talked about it a little bit turns the open. We get a little bit more background at Rose. And again, not anything at all what I was expecting. Um, right. You know, I figured, so we have this great, terrible evil. It's an Elliot now. Rose has to face off with uh, with whatever this evil is and figure out, like, what happened to her mother? And, like, was it her? Was it some part of her? Is this entity, like, real? Like, is this world, you know? Like, is it encroaching on ours? Is it something she created? Whatever the situation, like, you know, might be. And then we have a cold, like, the opening of it is, like, talking about her childhood. And we're yeah. now looking at um, her relationship with her mother in a totally different way through a lot of this episode. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Or a lot of this issue, which I was, um, like, shocked by, like, in a good way. Because yeah. we've now had three issues of building up a certain thing. And you set the, the the ground rules 
uh, so well in issue one where the things we see about mom, um, you know, she, she works at uh, Jimmy's family dining. Um, it's my, it's my restaurant. Um, (laughs) she, uh, she works there. She has issues with bills. There's maybe some other stuff going on because Rose overhears a phone call. Um, and she just seems like she's, you know, she, she encourages Rose. Seems like she's like a good mom, just struggling to make ends meet. There's some stuff yeah. going on. And now, again, the rug is pulled out from under you. Uh, yeah. You're looking at all of that through a whole new lens in issue four mm-hmm. as the great terrible evil is kind of like, through Elliot confronting Rose and having this conversation with Rose. And again, you then I, as I was reading it, I was realizing because I had all the issues next to me because I read everything again before mm-hmm. this, just like an hour or two ago. And I realized that, well, ev- everything in that first issue was like intentional. There yeah. wasn't just like one panel with, oh, we need to get from point A to point B. So we were going to have a panel that just shows this just for like movement sake, like right, everything right. is so, so intentional in that first issue. Mm. Um, and it all, all that fruit comes to bear in issue four and mm-hmm. is, is heavy all while there are these like incredible, like action scenes and fight Man. scenes and these <laughs> undead, you know, creepy, uh, mm-hmm. stuffed animal monster thingies, the, Whatever or, the bad guy or was. General Slithers, dude. Yeah. General uh, Slithers, uh, Lizard Rat Army. All right, General yeah. General Slithers, Lizard Rat Army, undead coming to attack. <laughs> yeah. and it's just after a, they it, signed the peace treaty. I know. Kingdom of Rosewood cannot yeah. be trusted. They were ready to put down their weapons, man. That yeah. <laughs> that was another darling that got killed originally. General Slithers was gonna be in the bakery. Uh, yes. the blacksmith and bakery and it was going to be like a little like oh look he made it he's part of the town now that's so cute <laughs> but we didn't have the space for it so now he's an evil undead yeah that's creature now he's yeah. an evil undead yeah. um you know but again like some sorry different can, I, can I just say real quick i appreciate you yeah. saying that everything was super intentional on issue one i like we, we've we've heard we've heard uh we've heard a comment about like uh somebody saying that like they felt like uh the 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 thing with Rose's mother was like a retcon or something in the in that issue and like the, the way we present a- Andrea in issue one like you're saying is super intentional like we, we we really hold back you see her in a very specific circumstance in issue one and then there is a scene where we sort of hint that there is more going on with her uh, and it and it is it's because we had you know we had already written so far ahead for so long that it's like we knew what we were going to play out with her and it's very intentional that we're showing you different sides of her at different times and it's and it's because she's you know she's not just one thing and so yeah i really appreciate you saying that because it is it was yeah it is very specifically planned out we wanted you to know different things about her at different points in the story uh and who knows maybe you'll find out some more about her uh in issue five cool oh one of the things it made me think of was that um and i was talking about this with a coworker recently about um something happened this past weekend but then it made me think of a story from when I was in the third grade yeah. and about, I was like a nerdy, smart kid and forgot something. And I felt like the other kids in the class were really picking on me and mm-hmm. it made me even like berate myself more about like, how mm-hmm. can I be so stupid to forget something? I'm supposed to be smart. And I was telling this story to a colleague and I said, I, 
if I had a time machine, I'd love to go back to see if the way I remember it is anything at all what like what actually happened. Right. And uh, this like issue four kind of really gave me that sense of like a, a kid's perspective of things, and then mm-hmm. looking back and kind of like seeing something through a, a, a memory or a moment through a different lens. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that's I didn't think feel like anything was retconned. I feel like oh here's here's somebody who is has a little bit of perspective. Right. Whether or not it's through the great terrible evil or just the life experience, like is now kind of struggling to deal with these, you know, kind of seeing the maybe the reality of the situation or just another side of it. And um, and it's it's all done through like like I said, these incredible action scenes. I love the Mm -hmm. scale of this. Like there's Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. I think, three panel page where you kind of really see the scope of where the great and terrible evil is where Rose, Mm -hmm. I think, is just like in the bottom left corner. Um, like those types of things I really, um, loved. I love the, the, the narrow panels that were like two pages of maybe like five panels each where the Elliot as the evil is kind of like repeating the same line. Like all that just stuff felt like it, it just, it really amped up the tension of the moment until it was off to the races and fighting and rose like yeah. scrambling again some of bob's craziest mm-hmm. coloring in that issue for sure like some some of his stuff yeah really really wild mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's like yeah. an issue sort of about like your fantasies getting ripped away so like you know she's like just as just as it felt like she was kind of returning home to some nice stuff uh it, it turns sour and and she's also forced to face yeah like you're saying like, uh that maybe things weren't uh quite as she framed them in the real world either uh it's uh it's sad it's a sad book at times <laughs> yeah i think it's you know it's all it's all just sort of like a coming of age story uh as as like all these little touchstones that we keep talking about kind of are uh and especially like when we're pulling little bits and pieces out of the hero's journey and everything like that like at the end of the day that's what those those sorts of things uh are is about uh becoming an adult mm-hmm. and in with that comes these realizations of uh yeah you know you kind of have like rose colored rose colored glasses on mm-hmm. uh when you're when you're a kid or when you're looking back at stuff and sometimes it it takes a great and terrible evil to sort of ha- let let you reckon with those sorts of things yeah the I really like to particular the dialogue as well in issue four, especially like a lot of the, the evil's dialogue, like like through Elliot. Um, one <laughs> yeah. one part in particular where they they're saying like, "Oh, uh, Elliot's in here," you know, he's uh, screaming, but he's like more worried about you and, oh, and that you know, like, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, thing th- things along those lines, like. Yeah. A lot of those those moments in the dialogue, I like really enjoyed, and it, it helps that like Bob, um, you know, tremendous job in terms of mm. like the look of Elliot as like the evil, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the action scenes are dynamic; they they move. Um, it's really great. And then once again, I thought we'd be here for a while, and then next thing you know, we're. <laughs> it's issue four jimmy you should know by now (laughs) should have known and let let me let me just tell you the second act five through eight 
they're no different. I think, I think, <laughs> in fact, I think, they I may be five, even more extreme. I was gonna say five through eight, I think, are, are more run pulley and surprising than the first. Or, yeah, it's only gonna get more, uh, more shocking. Uh, oh, yeah, but, yeah, you know, and, I, uh, I think uh, by now you got your seatbelt on, I would hope. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, um, because no sooner are we back in the real world, and then yeah. you yes. know, under the fluorescent lights of Mammoth Video, Bob yes. draws a man getting ripped in half again. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> he just can't help himself. I can't, like, yeah, I'm like, give me an opportunity oh, to pull a man in half, <laughs> and I will take it. Dude, the way the shadow looks when the dude gets ripped, oh my god, I can't, I've never gotten over it's how like, good It that like works. creates that sense that they're, like, it's hard to yeah. do, there's a lot yeah. that's like, like there's like tendons like, ripping. Yeah, 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 yeah. there's awesome. a lot to go it's, through to do it's a really gross, you guys. It's middle. really gross. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, yeah, the way the carnage is executed in that scene, I love so, like, I love the blurriness of Rose coming to and, and, and seeing what's happened. It's just, it's just, like, the most mortifying shit. It's so good. <laughs> I do. There was a great point here too, though, where uh, this this was happening, and we were like, "Oh my fucking god!" It's it, it's like so gross. Could we add more blood? Yeah, we blood on the walls and stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, all right." Yeah. And then and 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 then Bob completely surpassed what. I was envisioning as more blood and suddenly there was just like, yeah, full on like oddly invincible levels of blood. Yeah. We don't everywhere. see what happened while Rose <laughs> passed out, but it seems to have involved like a wood chipper. Like, like it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's yeah. it, the mammoth video massacre yeah. uh, will be talked about for decades to come. It's insane. Yeah, true. I, I mean, I, I, I just really, I really love the story. I really, I really love the comic book. Um, Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I think you guys have, the whole team has a, a lot of stuff going for you in terms of the story itself, the writing mm -hmm. and dialogue. Uh, I mean, Bob's artwork, uh, Hill's like lettering and design. Yeah. Um, it's not just all, it's not just all clever. It's not just all rug pulling, right? Mm -hmm. That's fun. And it keeps the pace going and it's unexpected. And that's, that's nice that it's like mm -hmm. something different and you're taking like a trope that, uh, and you're kind of doing something different or you're right. just shoving it aside and, and taking it head on, as I said earlier. So mm -hmm. it's not all clever and it's not all, you know, action. Um, although there's plenty of that as well. <laughs> and um, it's not just all like, uh, you know, here's a story about a young girl and her mother and their relationship. And it was difficult. Like, it's not all yeah. like Lady Bird or something like this. Right, right. Like, right. you know, it's, it's, it, you have all these pieces are, have really come together. It feels like you guys have been right. Like this does not feel like a, like this is one of our first, you know, creator <laughs> own comics. Like it feels like you guys have been working on this for a long time. Oh, like this is the type of comic book that like, you know, somebody's done a couple of things and then they finally hit and like all their oh, all yeah. the elements are really working together. Like it feels like something that's been worked on for years. Maybe that it has, so maybe much. in your heads, you know. Well, we I have mean, been working, we have been working yeah. on it for three years. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, but also you know I, I, I really appreciate it and I really hope mm -hmm. it doesn't take three years for the next one. <laughs> yeah, that would be preferable. Yeah, that, would uh, be that said, though, the three years was was perfect Absolutely. was all the time that we yeah needed yeah. to 
to hone we, this. We thing. learned we yeah. learned how to do it acceptably, but but right at, like right at the end, well, we like slid yeah, under we, and grabbed <laughs> our Indiana Jones hat right at the last second. It's it's yeah. true. I mean, we we wrote the whole thing. We did two full passes on all eight issues. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we wrote the whole series twice and then, and then Bob came on board and then we were like, okay, now it's time. Now we write. have to really write. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. And, and really the second half of it, um, was still a big question mark. Didn't have a lot of shape until like April or like until we had to start writing it pretty much. Uh, yeah. So like last spring. Uh, so yeah, it's just continued to evolve. We've been so grateful to have so much time, even though we've gone crazy at many points during that oh, yeah. three years because it was like for so long, it just lived in Ethan and I's head. And and then Bob came and it lived in our Dropbox, but only our <laughs> Dropbox. Uh, <laughs> no one could see it yet. And there were three whole issues done finally, but no one could see it yet yeah, for yeah. like another fucking six months. Right. So it's been very, very gratifying. And uh, thank you so much, Jimmy, for, yeah. for all your kind words. Really appreciate tonight. it. It's, no, I, I, I love great. it. I think if you listen, I think um, on the, the comic book Yeti there, we have like, we did the second like Ice Awards, which yes. I, I, yes. I, I think, thank I, you. I think, yeah, I can't thank you enough. I think that. we that mentioned awesome. it in that. I think we, yes. we mentioned it a little bit. Um, you did. I, yeah, I, 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 I think it's great. Um, and I really appreciate you you guys coming back on to kind of really just indulge me and in talking well, about it. I don't get to do that. You, a lot of times it's like I got to dance around and I just want to say I like it. This is what I like. <laughs> now, I'm thinking we got another episode on the books come May. Got to talk about got to talk about the back half because guess what? That's where all the craziest shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, I I really love it, and I uh, I wanted to. I know it's running a little late. I don't. If anybody no, can, just one minute left, I I wanted to ask, what have you thought about? Because um, it seems like you've at least heard some things about it. Like Ethan's mentioned, somebody like said this or that. Like, yeah. have you paid attention to any reviews? Like, what have you felt about the response of it? Yeah, like, don't, are you happy don't, with how it's being yeah. received? Yes, don't get me wrong. I harp on I harped on the the retcon thing just because that was such an interesting specific thing that I I heard called out the uh, that that I wanted to mention. But no, like generally, like like we've ne I've never seen anybody outright be like this sucks, like which is crazy. Like like we we have had so many people be so kind about it. Uh, uh, people like yeah, being so generous and like and and so um like like the praise has been so specific and that's that that's the thing that always blows my mind is people sharing their specific experiences or specifically like you just did like calling out like this is like your first thing you've written that's fucking crazy like stuff like <laughs> that where it's like people actually taking the time to give a shit about what the process must have been like and and what the book means to them and stuff like that and like yeah doing conventions and doing signings and having people be so 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 sweet about it has has been crazy yeah it's been a dream experience Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Yep. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen anyone saying anything negative about it. Um, you know, which, which is looked, a little frankly, worrisome because, because it's, like, it's, it's annoying that this is so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the way things always go is like there will be like a thing that comes out and everyone and everyone like collectively is like, oh, we love this. And then yep. there's like the counterculture movement that happens yes, after. Yes, yes, yes. So the, the response has been so overtly positive which has been so great but it does sort of like 
make me think there might be like a little like second wave of this that comes where suddenly people yeah. are like, you know what? I fucking hate. Yeah, can we thing. can we re-record this where Jimmy, you're like trashing the book to try to offshore? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that, that rubber band doesn't snap back the other we, way. Uh, we can do that. <laughs> okay. We can do that. We'll we, go back. Yeah. Um, All right. Sweet. I so uh yeah. So when you're listening to this, I think this is that episode is going to come out like early February, like mm-hmm. maybe Tuesday, February sixth. I think so. Awesome. It should be before issue six. Um, but for listeners, hopefully you've already read one through four. Otherwise, you pretty much know what's going to happen and how great it is. But, you know, if you don't care about spoilers and you've gotten this far, definitely get issue one through four. You got to see Bob's art. You got to see what happens. Yeah, you know what happens. I mean, it is mm-hmm. incredible. You may have heard um, that a dude got ripped in half, but have you seen it? Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to see it. I and, have. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't read issue five, new story arc. After centuries mm-hmm. of horror, can the girl who wouldn't burn change her violent ways? Or will the cycle of blood and death begin anew? And how exactly are she and the great and terrible evil connected to Rose? Finally, all is revealed in this turning point issue. You know what? I realized after I did that, I should re-record it and do it like the like the end of the Batman and Robin episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how exactly are she and the great and terrible evil connected to Rose? Finally, all is revealed in this turning point issue. Same gruesome time, same gruesome channel. Fucking <laughs> men, brother. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Ethan, Bob, Griffin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Listeners, please, please. Uh, hopefully you've all read Kill Your Darlings 1 through 4. Make sure you get issues 5, 6, 7, and 8. And they're probably all going to come back and talk about it again. And, oh, my uh, God. Round have, 3. Let's go. Really let's go. Time. Yeah, we gotta, look, we got to have the trilogy now, I think. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for listening. And uh, shout out to my brother, Bobby, the Cryptic Creator Corner's number one most dedicated listener. Bobby listens to all my episodes. I'm going to have it. to make sure that I give him uh, Kill Your Darlings 1 through 4. Otherwise, he hates Please spoilers. Do. So if he accidentally <laughs> listens to this and has oh, no. he's going to be pissed. All right. <laughs> uh, thank mm-hmm. you guys uh, very much for your time. And um, yeah, you. hopefully I'll see you again. Thank you, Jimmy. Right, Thanks, man. Jimmy. Thanks so much. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 